I am recording this podcast, not underneath my blanket because as I told Isaiah, um, I hurt my back trying to invert is the official language. Um, AKA go upside down at my pole dancing class. Um, update. I was not successful. So while I injured myself, I also didn't make it upside down. So, um, don't you fear? I will be back on the pole, pastor on the pole. Um, I think I'm comfortable telling the listeners that my my stripper name. Are you ready for this? Did I tell you what my stripper name is? No, you did not. This is Rich. This is great. My stripper name. Okay, fake guys. Before y'all get all, this is fake. This is just like for play and exercise, and like liberation, not for money. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I am just not bold enough. I also would be worried that I would lose my day job, which is getting people out of jail. So while I want to be free, I also want other people to be free. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, but no, I thought it would be a good idea to let my alter ego, like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, Jackie has Trinity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? right yeah um so again all five of our listeners please do give me a high five when you see me (laughs) (laughs) because i feel clever hi friends this is under god i'm isaiah lewis and i'm jackie newsom and we are two outsiders who are coming together to question the text and build community together thanks for listening Today, we are also joined by a silent guest, um, Miss... The Holy Spirit. (laughs) Miss Deidre Wright, um, who was a classmate of ours at Candler School of Theology and someone who has provided me with great pastoral care and friendship over the years. Um, Thank you, Deidre, for rubbing my back and getting my icy hot patch and my bare aspirin. She's sticking her thumbs up because I told her she's not allowed to talk. Okay. All right. Awesome. We are reading First uh, Samuel chapter eight, and we're going to read all of it because the lectionary chopped it up all weird, and I don't want to do it. And because we're great theologians. Yeah. And we continue to not listen to the lectionary. Yeah. Literally, yeah. I feel like the last two episodes, we were like, so the lectionary says this, but we're really going to do this. It's like we're thinking about it as a suggestion yes yes which which is we're, we're supposed to be free here at under god the point of this is liberation <laughs> so join us if you will for the entire eighth chapter um it is it is short as isaiah said before i turned on the recording and therefore we will read it all now when samuel got old he appointed his sons to serve as israel's judges The name of his oldest son was Joel. The name of the second son was Abijah. They served as judges in Beersheba, but Samuel's sons didn't follow in his footsteps. They tried to turn a prophet. They accepted bribes and they perverted justice. So all the Israelite elders got together and went to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, listen, you are old now and your sons don't follow in your footsteps. So appoint us a king 
to judge us like all the other nations have. It seemed very bad to Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So he prayed to the Lord. The Lord answered Samuel, comply with the people's request. Everything they ask of you, because they haven't rejected you. No, they've rejected me as king over them. They are doing to you only what they've been doing to me from that day, from the day I brought them out of Egypt to this very minute, abandoning me and worshiping other gods. So comply with their request, but give them a clear warning, telling them how the king will rule over them. Then Samuel explained everything the Lord had said to the people who were asking for a king. This is how the king will rule over you, Samuel said. He will take your sons and will use them for his chariots and his cavalry and as runners for his chariot. He'll use them as his commanders of troops of 1,000 and troops of 50 or to do his plowing and his harvesting or to make his weapons or parts of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, or bakers. He will take your best fields, vineyards, and olive groves and give them to his servants. He will give one-tenth of your grain and your vineyards to his officials and servants. He will take your male and female servants along with the best of your cattle and donkeys and make them do his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and then you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out because of the king you chose for yourselves. But on that day, the Lord won't answer you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel and said, no, there must be a king over us so we can be like the other nations. Our king will judge us and lead us and fight our battles. Samuel listened to everything the people said and repeated it directly to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Samuel, comply with their requests. Give them a king. Samuel then told the Israelite people, go back, each of you, to your hometown. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Woo! This is spicy and I'm hype. Nice choice, yeah. Isaiah. Nice choice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I there are a lot of directions to go in this. So um, do you want to do words and phrases? I do. I do. I just, I mean, we're going to end up saying the whole thing, but um, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, they, they tried to turn a profit. They accepted bribes and they perverted justice. Yeah. Because they haven't rejected you. No, they've rejected me as king over them. Deidre, you know they can hear you when you do that, right? <laughs> I mean, this whole, just all of seven through nine, God is going in. They're doing to you only what they've done to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt. Yeah. To this very minute. Jesus. abandoning me and worshiping other gods Jesus. so so comply with their request uh, like who did you have to read them like that though yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of like when your mom is like it's okay it's all right i mean you had colic when you were a baby you gave me heartburn <laughs> 
that's all right. It makes sense why you're doing this to me now. It's just what you've always done. Yep. Like. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Another thing that stands out to me is the last, the last part, go back, comma, each of you, comma, to your own hometown, period. Mm. What, what is, what about that? Because it, it, it doesn't seem like the appropriate ending, right? There is this huge warning of capitalist catastrophe, right? And then the people are like, nah, give us a king. And Samuel's like, but are you sure? And God's like, no, bet, give him a king. And then Samuel tells them to go back, each of you to your own hometown. Like, what? Like, I feel like the more appropriate ending to this is like, and Samuel, you know, grabbed his beard and shook his head. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so that's why it stood out. And, And of course, I mean, of course, all of this sort of terror is laid out stand out to me but i you know i don't know that one particular terror stands out more than the others what about you anything for you isaiah i guess verse 20 our king will judge us and lead us and fight our battles Mm. Mm. this is how the king will rule over you in light of what you just said that's what stood out Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, and people were like, "Yeah, sounds good." Mm-hmm. When the day comes, you will cry out because of the king, because of the king you chose for yourselves. But on that day, the Lord won't answer mm-hmm. you. That's it. Check to that one. It like a little bit gives me like, like, like makes the hairs on my arms raise. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, this whole thing is like, whoa. Okay, wait. I have things that stood out the second time. All right. Which which make me a bit more frustrated with God. Mm-hmm. So check this out. It says, Samuel's sons are appointed to serve as judges, which sounds like, from this context, a part of Israel's leadership. It says they didn't follow in, in his footsteps because in, they, they're, it sounds like they're doing the opposite of what he was doing. So these judges, right, this sort of leadership of the people of Israel, they are trying to turn a profit. They are accepting bribes. bribes. They are perverting justice. This is the same behavior that God has been known to thus far in the Bible, right, getting up to Samuel and certainly beyond this is behavior God is known to punish the people of Israel for this that's the very behavior right (laughs) that pisses God off right we we did an episode last a Lent episode last season about fasting and and we're right where we concluded like God says you can eat the chips because if you're going to be oppressing people like it doesn't matter right this is the very behavior that's problematic so now I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are the Israelite elders who got together and went to Samuel and asked for a king, why are they a problem when they're asking for a king because they're trying to get away from these oppressive judges that are Samuel's sons? 
And so maybe it's a reflection of not having faith in God for being able to like change Samuel's son's hearts or right. God having something up God's sleeve, something else in the works. But like, to be fair, it sounds to me like one, this wasn't all of the people of Israel. Now I understand that the elders like have power, you know, and authority, but like, it's not like the, the whole kingdom pulled up to Samuel's house and was like, listen, brother, <laughs> you know, right. It's like the elders were like, oh, we see this problem. We're like, we're about to head toward a corrupted life. Perhaps that God, you know, doesn't want. Let's let Samuel know we're trying to run some interference here and get something better. And then yeah. God, you know, blacks out and is like, oh, that's what, that's cool. They've been doing this since the day they was born. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> right? Like, chill. Why, why, why did God snap on them when they're really just trying to like avoid catastrophe? And now that I'm reading it like that, it makes more sense if Samuel is really only telling the, the Israelite elders to go back to your own hometown. Cause it's like, listen, you five guys, right? Like go, go ahead home now. Um, and now it makes more sense. Cause right. Cause they're like, yeah, we would rather take right. The potential of like a 10th of all of our stuff being taken and our strongest men, you know, going to war and our best women having to make perfume over what we think your children are going to do to us like that like that changes this whole thing for me yeah and i mean so before samuel's kids were corrupt like he's coming from eli and like eli's sons were also corrupt so there's that but then even like the book of judges like the book of judges is one of the most like chaotic like just violent uh books that we have because there's a sense of things just sort of degenerating um so the judges weren't all that really um it was i think it's interesting because it is the case like we we get this king who like Saul is appointed king and then Saul doesn't work out. So then there's David and David is really not great. And so then there's Solomon and so like, like kingship does not go well or like having a kingdom does not go well. It is sort of like, I think the question that you have is, is a good one. Like what is the alternative? Like, and that, I mean, that does lead to interesting questions broadly. Like, we 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 can say both in this text and like broadly like we can say what structures are broken like pretty clearly but it's hard to know what to do next mm. um like how to build something that isn't going to wreck us there you go there isaiah go preaching like yeah. like i was listening to a podcast that was earlier today that was um it's really good um it's called gender reveal and they were um talking with i think it's kai cheng tom i think is that's her name but anyway she was she was saying that she's a prison abolitionist but she had this experience of um in her community of of uh friends and you know leftist anarchists 
who um like there were there were like a spate of kind of like intimate par partner violence just uh, things that were happening in the community and that it really shook her sense of like what how communities can bring about justice like communities that do not believe in calling the police and want justice like how you know she had initially thought you know if we want community justice we can do it for ourselves and and heal instead of hurt and what she what happened in that circumstance was that they kind of couldn't that that people got hurt um and so she it led her to this question of like it led her to do more study in transformative justice and in um restorative justice and trying to to figure out how to how to bring about some some type of healing uh after after a harm has been committed um but it really led her to this question of like I, I know that I know what I'm against and I thought that I knew what I was for, but it's a lot more complicated than, than I thought to like create something better. Um, I second that. I second that emotion. Hashtag Smokey Robinson. Um, can't play the song because money, but Smokey, we love you. Shout out to Motown. Um, right. That's the very thing I felt, the, the sort of crisis of praxis that I felt with my brother, right? It's the very same thing. It's like, wait, 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 I believe this thing, right? This is sort of how, how I'm suggesting we should operate as a society. It is now in my backyard. It's much more difficult, <laughs> right, to do. That does not mean we don't do it maybe there's maybe there's something to be said about the elders or the Israelite people who said, yep, we gonna, we're going to keep pushing forward with this. Because I think today we typically say, I mean, I mean, that is people's arguments against abolition, right? Is like, well, because finding an alternative is going to be too hard, right? Mm -hmm. Or like making it functional is going to be too difficult. And it's like, well, that's actually not the reason to stop trying. We can acknowledge and be honest about the difficulty, right? We can we can be honest about the complexities and the tensions in 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 sort of taking theory to practice. Mm -hmm. But that is actually not a sufficient reason to throw our hands up and say, we'll keep the old or we'll keep the status quo. So I love the example that you just gave because it's like, yeah. And the answer isn't, don't try. Mm -hmm. The answer is simply just be honest about the, diff the difficulty. Mm -hmm. And how much freer, perhaps, perhaps how much freer we get to be because, you know, because we're, we're honest about it. Like I felt a lot more freedom when I was able to talk to you and other friends about how difficult it was for me to advise my parents and my family um, about my brother when it was happening versus you know bumping my gums about what we we're gonna do if it happened you know what I mean like but there was like liberty and being like whew this is hard this sucks let me let me rely on others who are committed to the cause 
to help me think through this because it's so close to home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The thing that I keep coming back to um, that I don't know what to do with, and hopefully you'll be able to help me help me think this through, is um, that this this was written by the Deuteronomistic historians. So basically, these people who are um, in the time of Babylonian exile, writing out the history of the Israelites. And it's like 500 years after what this, when this is happening, um, 500 years after Samuel that they're writing. And so this is, it's a history, but it's, you know, a historical narrative. There are people who are writing it out and there are characters and and that kind of thing and this is their whole thing is trying to figure out why they're in exile and so they're tracing through their history trying to figure out what went wrong and their big takeaway is that people didn't worship god exclusively and so that's why all of this happened um reading it from that perspective like i love reading it from the perspective uh, from an anti-capitalist perspective where it's like this is what the man will do to you <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i love that i love that reading and i think there's a definite place for it because because it's just true right they're not wrong <laughs> yeah like yes um but but i also have just long like questions about this like this reaching back into history and trying to figure out what went wrong and like the theology that they're coming up with here and like what do we what do we do with the god who's like they didn't worship me right so like let them suffer um i mean sometimes i have narratives like that for my own like what went wrong questions that I ask about you know my own life so I don't know what do you what do you think about the first thing I thought of is Deidre's comment earlier um about why things didn't work out with me and Frank or whatever they right we want to give them um right and sort of her theology right or or the way she framed it is well it didn't work out for your protection that is 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 a way of trying to explain the past right or the sort of present sufferings and it's what we're talking about is the very reason why I try to be careful about doing that because it is it is in many ways a means of of trying to explain Right. And trying to understand, which which I think our listeners who are unchurched or dechurched un- think all of what we do is right. A way of trying to understand or explain or give meaning, you know, make meaning in life. And so on the one hand. That's fine. Right. My therapist is always encouraging me to reframe. So if I am if I am doing this sort of. Cognitive distortion of everyone hates me, right? My therapist says, talk to that, talk to that voice, reframe that. Is that true? Are there facts to support it? So 
the people of Israel are in Babylon. They're effing miserable, right? They are, is this the first time they've been captured? Like, cause again, this is, this is a book written by the losers, right? So they're always losing. They're always being captured and they have to explain why their lives are miserable and how God is good at the same time, yep. right? And so they, they're framing the choice that they make, right? Cause they could have said, well, there is no God. Right. And that's why, or God is evil. And that's why. Right. And instead they said, no, 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 there's only one true wise God. Right. There's only one God. Um, that is the God of Israel. We are the problem. Right. And the way we understand our current, our current plight is that we're bad. Black folks do this all of the time. We don't want to admit it, but every time we say, oh, well, such and such had a gun or such and such ran or such and such pants were sagging. It's like, if you if you think your pants is was, Lord of mercy, right? Like if, I mean, we do, it's a way to preserve yourself, to frame and keep your sanity, right? Because if you told yourself, I have no control, this life is just miserable, right? Like, white supremacist structures and capitalism are actually just going to eat me alive and there's nothing that I can do. Life sucks even more. So we, so we do, my point is, my point is, my first point is, hey, we do this every day and we just, and we just did it an hour ago and trying to understand my plight. Okay. So what are the consequences? Acknowledging that there's a certain framing what are the consequences for us now as we read this text? Why does it matter? And what becomes different? I oh, I think it was the season. The vineyard scripture. I don't re- I don't remember it fully, but I remember having this conversation, right? Because in that one, it was also like, God's gonna cut you off or like squish you. Like we were making a joke about God being like bird <laughs> craps, right? Something like, dang, bro, like. <laughs> Because of course God is a man to me when I'm upset. So it's like, dang, bro, like you, like you going hard, huh? So my, so my point there is, at least on this podcast, we always have this conversation, and it's a value, valuable one to have. But my answer is whatever answer we settled on in that episode, frankly, right? Like whatever wholeness we came to in that episode is the same answer, right? Whatever we decided is the same answer, because certainly, I'm not interested. I am not interested. And a God who was so petty, right, that that they would be like, do what they say, because you know what? They do me like this all the time. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it, because I'm going to show them how bad it's going to hurt them, right? And I'm going to let them, I'm going to let these children that I care about walk into, walk into centuries-long crisis, <laughs> right? Because they're foolish. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let the people that I have called and that I have appointed, the people that I brought out of bondage, right? The people that I saved, right? The people who, who like who I, who I am suggesting are special, right? I'm going to let those people suffer because I'm tired of them being disrespectful. I don't know the answer, but that cannot be my God. Yeah. I cannot 
live in this country in this black woman's body as a public defender with the current criminal legal system we have and worship a God who does that. I cannot do that. Yeah. Especially, right, if we're going to read the context as them being concerned that the current leadership they're going to have is going to take them under. So. Did you, could you hear that? No. Deidre asked, Deidre asked, well, isn't that the whole free will thing? Like, like, how do we address free will in light of this information? And I'm simply suggesting, I mean, one, I think, I think Isaiah and I discovered in the last season that like I require super baby Jesus and don't really believe in free will and want God to take hold of everything and control everything. Um, and also just like, it, it like, t- to me, this doesn't feel like a matter of free will in the same way. Like these people feel desperate to avoid doom. And so they're making a request for something and God is being petty and being like, yeah, Samuel, I agree with you, bro. It's a bad idea, but like, let them make this stupid choice. And it's like a God that's that petty is not a God for me. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're surrounded. Their whole thing is like, yeah, they're small and puny and are constantly threatened by other more powerful forces and they're trying to figure out what's going to keep them safe. And, you know, we've got at least two generations of corrupt judges. Um, Eli's sons were supposed to be, like, there was supposed to be a break with with Samuel. Samuel was going to be, you know, the, the reprieve from Eli's sons, and he was, but then Samuel's sons turned out to be just as bad. So... I mean, yeah, I, I, they're, they're not in a position where it's obvious that theocracy has been going well. Um, right. Where like, it is clear that God's rule has protected them from all evil right. and from sin right. and corruption right. of the powerful. That's Preach. Not, Preach. not what's been happening. Preach. And to be fair, at, at least the one other time where they're literally in the wilderness marching around tired of eating the same old stuff like two beef and they're like we should have just stayed slaves right we do a lot of critiquing that but like come on bro like someone tells you you're about to be free and you're eating the same thing every day and you tired and all you're doing is walking around like that is a reasonable response for 40 years like that's reasonable. So yeah, I mean, I, it, I understand trying to make meaning and I understand the the narratives that we have to create to try to maintain wholeness. Right. And also (laughs) that can't be my God. And it's, and it's again, because we only talk about this, why context matters. (laughs) Right? Because it matters. Because this is not, this is not the same God we were literally just talking about last episode. This is, right? This is not like we were literally talking about a God who was saying all types of like affirmations. The episode before that, the one we referred to DMX, we were talking about how everyone's welcome at the table. 
like no matter what shit you bring. And here we're at, oh, <laughs> you were colicky and, and, and I had labor pains and you're mad disrespectful. So go ahead and suffer. And it's like, nah, nah. Yeah, I mean, and it's weird because I picked, I, I'm the one who picked this and I picked it because I was like, anti-capitalism, hooray, um, <laughs> which I maintain, like I maintain anti-capitalism, yes, hooray. Absolutely. But I think that the God of, of, of Samuel is the God of Romans, is the God of Habakkuk, is the God of John, like the it's all the same God. What's different is the, the perspective that's being brought to God. And so like, I think what I can, I think, I think the, the wisdom and what you s said about like the way that we try to make sense of things, like that we're literally putting words in God's mouth in Samuel. Um, Samuel, we have Sam, we have Samuel talking directly with God, but those are words written 500 years after the fact. And so what we have is not a documentary. What we have is people trying to understand their own trauma. And like, I don't know, I guess maybe the good news is that we're, we're not left with this, this as the only image of, of who God is, so that we have other images to draw from like they get through it somehow. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of reaching. No, you're not reaching. You're not reaching at all. I think again, what we get from a text like this, I think this is especially a great episode for those who really want to pick apart the text because we get a scripture that when read carefully, perhaps doesn't show what we thought it showed. Right when read without care is, is is and preached without care is preached as look at you know look at these trifling israelites right or look at these faithless israelites right and and when mm -hmm. read with care there's a more complex story about how about what it means to feel let down by god but to still believe right what it means to be felt what it means to feel let down by your own kinfolk mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but still want to keep going forward mm -hmm. what it means to have to process through historical generational ethnic you know trauma group trauma community trauma mm -hmm. and the consequences of having to reframe or reframe that Mm -hmm. and and at the end of the day knowing knowing that the story doesn't stop here mm. that mm -hmm. the literally right the sacred text does not stop here or or right if you're a listener and don't believe that this is a sacred text the biblical text doesn't stop here there's more story there's more narrative there are more highs certainly there are more lows but there are more highs right there are new and different and affirming images of God and God's people. The story doesn't stop here. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that that's good news. I think I think all of that is good news. Yeah. And I mean, from a literary standpoint, like this is, you know, obviously I'm not a, a, a Hebrew scholar, but like, if this goes this hard in English, I can't imagine the just lyrical <laughs> magnificence that is this text in the original Hebrew, right? Like it's gotta be lit. Like, And so there's something to be said even about like, from a literary perspective, right? How well this is written. So so there, I think there's something for everyone in this text. And I think we get to remember that, yeah, like this, like this isn't the end of the story. Um, and again, context matters. And again, like trauma is real. Generational trauma is real. It's time to Benedict. All right, I'm ready. Buy your head. <laughs> like the people can't even see but okay i'm about to bow bow my head and close my eyes okay go ahead isaiah go live as free people and you know what Keep the faith, baby. Under God was created by Jackie Newsom and Isaiah Lewis. Our music is by Broke for Free. So I just wanted to give you some flowers. You can't, you have to put this, include this part, even if it is at the end. You can't cut this part. But Isaiah Lewis is amazing. (laughs) Not only as a podcast editor, but as a child of God, as a saint of the most high, (laughs) preacher and pastor, theologian extraordinaire, and I am grateful for his gifts. Um, I also want to say for the record that no one apparently could hear the dogs in the background (laughs) of our DMX episode except for me. And so while I look ridiculous talking about these dogs, friends, I promise you, (laughs) dogs were barking in the background. I heard the dogs. Okay. Okay. Because I'm listening to the recording and I'm like, you can't hear no dogs. You can't hear no dogs. People are going to be like, what is Jackie talking about? And why doesn't she just talk about DMX if she wants to talk about DMX? (laughs) 